Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to note that it contains discussions of miscarriage and loss. So if you think it's going to be difficult to listen to, please choose another episode. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mom, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is an actress. You'll have seen her on Hollyoaks for many a year. You will also seen her on I'm a Celeb, on Dancing on Ice, on Celebs Go Dating. So you'll have seen her a lot. And she's always a joy to have on screen. In the summer of 2021, she found she was pregnant with quads. Sadly, at 14 weeks, she was told that she'd had a miscarriage. But last year, she welcomed Forrest, her little boy. And here she is. It's Georgie Porter. Hi. And also, can I just say, I am a big fan. Yeah. Obviously, I was listening <laughs> to the podcast throughout the whole pregnancy. In the car, when you can still reach, you know, the steering wheel, I was listening yeah. to your podcast, like, just absorbing everyone else's, you know, stories and their lives. So I am just grateful for you. Really? Thanks. Did you find it useful having, like, other people's experiences like, yeah. in your ears? Absolutely. And you know what one stuck out in my mind? I think it was Gino DeCampo, and he was like... Oh, gosh. <laughs> he, he was like, if I don't want to do it, I won't do it. I won't watch Disney films, no. And I thought, but you know what? If I don't want to do that, I won't do it in my future life. And so you do take things from people, and you think, yeah, yeah. I will take on these things because they do it and it's not such those a those little thing. nuggets yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, how are you feeling because how old is Forrest now so he's seven months now almost eight months and do you know what's crazy I feel like I've just now learned how to relax and be a bit calm because 
from when you pee on the stick and you get pregnant, that is the happiest day ever, isn't it? Like, that's yeah. like, oh, my God, we're so happy. From that day forward is just pure anxiety, stress, and, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I've been a bit tense, a bit stressed, until sort of now, this stage, where he laughs in your face and he's a bit more, like, decides what he wants and not. You're a bit like, oh, right. I can take it a bit more easy now. How mobile is Forrest right now? Oh, he's in a walker. He legs it around. Our kitchen <laughs> cupboard sides are just being bashed apart. The dogs are being chased. They have to, like, skip over him, bless them. <laughs> We've got big Doberman with big long legs and a little tiny dog lady as well, so they're, like, dodging around him. He's not crawling. Yeah. He's running. So he's yeah. literally running before he can crawl, yeah. Oh, bless him. Georgie, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Salford, Eccles, Monton. So a bit of like the ends, a bit like, you know, a bit of like a deep Salford core area. And right. in a house on Liverpool Road is exactly... And if anybody knows about it, they'll be like, ooh. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, a bit, it was a bit like, you know... Bit of a rough end, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. And was your nan a massive part of your life? Yeah. My mum has this joke that, like, my grandma said, you're going to need help with your baby because, like, my mum was a single parent. So I'll move in for two weeks and I'll just help you with the baby. And then it ended up being, I think she died seven, nine years ago now, so it was all my life she basically lived with me. And <laughs> it was the best, like... You know, if mum says no, you ask grandma, that kind of thing. <laughs> and she was deaf, but she was so eccentric and so posh and so well-spoken and completely different to us. She'd be like, George, don't take all the milk from the fridge. And I'd be like, I'm just getting cereal. And you'd have to shout it really loud because she'd be like, what? And to live next door to us, you must have thought, what goes on in that house? <laughs> they're just looking for milk. <laughs> I just want milk for cereal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like at that point, did you ever look ahead, you know, the idea of you becoming a mum in the future? Or was that something that wasn't even on your radar? As a kid, I'd look towards and think, oh, I'll have a family. I don't think I ever thought that far ahead. I didn't really think to have kids. It was only in COVID I thought, I need children because I will die alone. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you, do you think maybe your profession is also a part of that? If I think back to like, well, so I'm an actress and so mm. much of that is you don't want to take yourself out of it at all. Like so yeah. much you're scared to plan holidays just in case an audition comes in or work comes in and life is almost put on hold in that yeah. way. I think definitely as well in the beginning when you sort of not you know, you don't have a, a job that you sort of have yeah. to be ready, don't you, to go yeah. anywhere and do anything. Like, I remember, like, having to go and work in sort of, like, holiday resort or something and, like, you know, advertise something and, you know, yeah. stand in a shopping mall and, like, give out leaflets and stuff and you're like, I'll be there because I need the money and I'll be better <laughs> and faster getting there than anyone else. So you did have to, for the money, didn't you, really? You just had yeah, to yeah, yeah. make ends meet, yeah. And you met Ollie? Yeah. How did you meet? <laughs> My story's different to his. He will tell Is you it? a completely different, <laughs> yeah, take on... Well, I think men's visions are different to women's anyway, and mine certainly was. It was in a nightclub in Manchester, sort of in my days of partying, like, going out, young 20s. I'd say about maybe eight or nine years ago now, this was our first meet. I remember this vividly. I had porn stars at the bar, and I turned around with them, and he was at the bar and he was like, 
you're fit. Can I have a number? <laughs> I was like, you know. <laughs> then I was like, oh, obviously you know me off Hollyoak, so you're just yeah, that's all you want. And I remember walking up. I remember him wearing like a green shirt, open chest, a chain on his like neck, and me just being like, oh my god, you're too slick, like. No. And then I think I remember him sort of asking again. I like pestering is what I would say. Yeah. He wouldn't. He wouldn't say pestering. And I was like, okay, we'll go on a date. And we did a few dates. We went on a few dates. And he then heard that his ex-partner was pregnant with his right. baby. And this was before we were dating. So I was a bit like, oh, this mm. is a lot. This is too it's much lot, for me. Yeah. I'm in the partying zone of my life and I want to go party. He was like, you party too much you have people around you that are not really your friends and stuff. So he was seeing sort of like things like that. And I was like, whatever, see ya. So we'd sort of separated. And also in a kind of way, so we never did anything. Like we didn't, yeah. you know. It's all innocent. Far. Yeah, we didn't get there. I don't know what happened, but it was always a bit like, oh, well, we didn't do anything anyway, so it was okay. Yeah. And then throughout seven, eight years, we kind of like, message each other, bumped into each other. And I'd always be like, what do you want? Like, what's your intention? Like, why are you messaging me? And then we won't meet up. So you're written. And like you said, it is such a massive thing. I think when you're in a show like that, especially in Hollyoaks and you're going out around that area, you know, you have to be cautious about why people are approaching you, what their intentions are. And actually he had noted that about the people that were surrounding you, you yeah. know, questioning their intentions. Yeah, actually I did date a few people that were all about that. And that was like, you know, you find out afterwards and you're like, it's embarrassing and cringy. And you just think, oh, yeah. it's just not okay. I think these eight years, we both sort of went off and did our careers. And like he did yeah. really well in his career. He worked his way up in his property life. And I went to move to Hollywood and, did everything that you could imagine and failed miserably, but it was quite funny. And then we, you know, got with other people as well. So we got that out of our systems. And I remember bumping into him as well in a hotel that we both love, the Bloomsbury in London. And I looked at him and I was like, oh my God, he is hot. Like he is got real, like hotter than before. So I was a bit like, oh, but he was with someone. So I thought, right, okay, nope, that's good. Goodbye. And then towards the end of COVID, when we were allowed in pubs, like with other people sort of thing, when you're allowed to have other friends. He said, do you want to go for a coffee? And even then I was like, what are your intentions? Like, why are you talking to me now? Like, what do you want? Because I'm a businessman, I'm very busy, but I'll go for a coffee with you. And I was like, oh, and I remember. <laughs> I love how much is uh, going on. <laughs> and I remember that feeling of being like, you annoy me. And I think, why do you annoy me? Because I don't even know you anymore. So we went to this pub. And I think I had like one glass of wine and I remember him picking me up and I was like, oh my God, he's hot. And this is funny. And I talk about this all the time. And I wore these stupid plastic wedgie shoes that I bought in COVID in a moment of madness. Because you do, don't you? You just buy those. Like, of... You weren't going anywhere. I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> I thought these were cool. And then my one day out in these shoes, he was like, what are those? They are disgusting. And I thought, oh, Oh, annoying. <laughs> and then <laughs> we sat there and he was like, so what's your life? And I was like, dating guys. And he went, well, you can't date guys anymore. Like, honestly, God, it was weird. Something just hit us and was like, you're the one. And I was like, oh my God, I fancy you massively. And I really want to have your babies and get married to you. 
Inside, obviously, I didn't say that out loud. You said earlier about COVID had changed your perception of babies and when. Yeah. Had that been the catalyst or had it been sort of starting to build up before that? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was, you know, like it was creeping in of like sat looking out the window thinking, I'm going to die alone. I need to have children. I don't have a big family. I don't have any brothers and sisters. I think that was creeping. And then I think when we sat there and spoke, I literally was like, oh, my God, this, yeah, he... I will dump these men for you. <laughs> They're all dead now. <laughs> these men are dead. And <laughs> and then from that day on, we have not separated and not parted. Is his account the same of that day? Yeah, his account is more like, you know, I've got an eight-year-old kid, you have to get on with him. And there's more rules, <laughs> I think, with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More things to consider. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, yeah, his take on things are a lot different, which I find brilliant and funny because he's just so honest. But, yeah, and then it was crazy because from that day forward, we were hanging out together, going to each other's houses, and it was like we needed a house together. We kind of yeah. made mature adult decisions from then on forward, yeah. And was it all happening really quickly as well? I'd say it was, but also because we knew each other for years beforehand, it felt yeah. like we already knew each other and that we were sort of instantly busy mates. Like, it was yeah. mental. It was crazy that everything he said, he was like, you know, you don't have to agree with everything I'm saying. I was like, no, I do agree because we actually get on and we like the same things. I was like, I will tell you and I don't like something, but right now... Everything we like is the same. So, yeah. Yeah. And when did you start talking babies? This was a weird time, actually. I think I do things quite like, you know, outwardly crazy. <laughs> I remember we were leaving the house. I was going to work. He was going to work. And we were leaving his house. And I remember going, oh, I forgot to take my pill. I was in my bag and he was at the door trying to like lock it. Like, come on, you need to leave the house. We need to go. And I was like, where's my pill? So I took it like in front of him. And then I thought, oh, that was a strange feeling, like I was taking a pill in front of him that's going to stop us ever having a baby. So as I was driving to work, that moment I was like, having this revelation. I'm going to tell him, I'm going to ask, well, not ask him, but tell him, should I take the pill anymore? Like, are you okay with me? You know, how do we feel about that? And it was a moment of, then I went to my mum and go, mum, what do you think about this? Like, should I take my pill anymore? Like, I find Ollie is the best. And she was like, well, yeah, he is great. He is amazing. Yeah, he is pretty, you know, he's the best you've ever you known. And so it was all these moments. And then I think I found Kieran Richardson at work and was like, Kieran, <laughs> I think I want to stop taking the pill. He <laughs> must be like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there was these moments of, like, this penny dropping. And Ollie was like, well, okay, if you feel like that, I mean, I... Yeah, and that, that was the moment of us think connecting and clarifying that maybe we do want babies together because he'd sort of said, well, I do want children with you because, you know, you're pretty good with, like, my son. And I was like, you're, you're an amazing dad. Like, you are incredible. And so I was yeah. like, yeah. So it was from that day. <laughs> from that day. And then how long were you trying for before you fell pregnant then you get an app and everything don't you and you sort of oh, did you do all of that stuff yeah they teach you at school that it's like you know you look at a penis and you're pregnant when really it's like <laughs> there's you know, a science to it <laughs> yeah you think actually no you've got to be ovulating on this time and that can only happen then and you know the semen's in your body for five days and possibly that can happen but so you do sort of then go on like this crazy like whirlwind don't you of like becoming a <laughs> 
baby maker, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. said, like a scientist. I love the fact that you've gone from, I'll just stop taking the pill yeah. to now I'm downloading the apps. And yeah. Holly must have come home and gone, oh, okay, but that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, you have to lie on your back with your legs in the air for half an hour. Like yeah. there's so many things you have to do in order to like make this. So it was like a good few months, I think. I count months by the periods. I remember having like yeah. maybe three periods or something. And so, and then, oh, I remember one time of being super horny, like really like, ah. And obviously now you realise that's because you're ovulating and the woman yeah. has that inner, to, to, and I remember like, again, again. And he was like, whoa, <laughs> this is the best day of my life. <laughs> I think it was like literally six consecutive times and he was like, whoa. And it was a point where my mum lived next door in my house as well, and she kept trying to come round, and I was like, "No, oh, barricade the door. This is not okay. Like, this is embarrassing. Like, we need to move house." And so, yeah, I think that was the day that created the quads. To be fair, I honestly think that sex like that, mm. like you say, it's your body kind of going, "I'm ready." Let's make this happen. <laughs> yeah. But so often we get stuck in, no, 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 it's now because the app says yeah. this. Yeah. And, you know, We're I mean, prime. many people I know have had surprise babies. It is off the back of that kind of sex. Yeah. Like you said, as a lady, your body is going, now is the time. We're ready. It's key moment. We're prime and give it me. So obviously the man's just ready at any time. <laughs> <laughs> When you think about inside the body, uh, the female body, we're told so often that it's quite a hostile environment yeah. for that, those little swimmers to make their way through, yeah. you know. So yeah. on those days, I feel like they're all the barricades are down and it's like, open house, guys. Yeah, we're welcoming and welcome mats as a parade, a penis parade. <laughs> Walking down the streets. Woohoo! Welcome. <laughs> I mean, that's such a good image. <laughs> like a Disney parade, but through your yeah. uterus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. And it did, like, did you think you might be pregnant? Did you start having symptoms or were you late? Yeah, so these symptoms, obviously at this moment, I didn't know how many was bubbling inside. So I was getting extremely angry, extremely hungry. Like everything was so extreme. Like my yeah. mum was like, oh my God, like you're being a bit dramatic. And Ollie was like asking all his women mates, like, is she supposed to be this like, you know, angry and aggressive? And like, I wasn't understanding. I was like, you don't understand, I'm tired. And I was like, I'm quite dramatic anyway. So this level was just, I wouldn't want anyone to like know me then really. I just, I kept saying like, I just want to go and live on the side of a mountain in a spa and just be alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember saying all these terrible things of like horrible things that I didn't mean, but obviously it was hormones. And then obviously it was like times four. So like when we did find that out, I was like, ha! <laughs> Because <laughs> like, then my mum was like, I'm sorry. And Ollie was like, all oh, right. So I think I was kind of a bit relieved that it was that extreme. And yeah. for that reason, yeah. So when you first took the test, though, mm. was it off the back of any of those, like those outbursts? Had someone gone, come on, Georgie, 
just yeah, we need to, this isn't you. Because <laughs> you were a mess. <laughs> well, I mean, those feelings were starting, so I was a bit snappy. So I do think people were like, all right, oh, she's got a man now. She thinks she is. I think it was literally the day of not no period, like the app says no period. So I was like, right, let's yeah. try this now. And it was pregnant and it was like oh my god we had to sit down we had a minute we can ollie didn't believe it we had to do four other ones we had to go to tesco in the middle of the night and be secretive because i'm like i'm on the telly people will know <laughs> but nobody cares because nobody watches so they were like you know we were sneaking pregnancy tests we did i think we did at least five pregnancy tests to really make sure and i was like ollie, like i think we're pregnant like we yeah. can say now yeah and what was it like going for your first scan what was our first scan? I think we paid for one that was like an early scan. I think we may yeah. have done. Just literally thinking, oh, we just want to know, we just want to pay for it. I think maybe because we were a bit like, we didn't want people to know I was pregnant. So going to a, a hospital might have been a bit, you know, out there. So yeah, we didn't kind of want to know. Something, yeah. yeah. So we went to a private place. <laughs> I remember this so much. I even like changed my name because we were wearing masks. And, I think, <laughs> and so we went up to the room and the lady put the gel on and she was like, oh, and I was like, Ooh. we sat there and Ollie was next to me holding my hand and there's a big screen when we lay down and she was like, not speaking and like, just like rubbing this like thing on my belly and was like, hmm. And then like back to her computer, like did a little and then like back on me and then like did a little and she was like, mm-hmm. And then she went, right, I need you to go to hospital. And we were like, Okay, yeah. She was like, like tomorrow, like, can you go as soon as possible? And we were like, oh, right. Oh, this is. Did you think something was wrong by this point? It wasn't like she was being sad or anything. It was like she was just confused. Like, she said, I've never seen this before. So I was like, right, what? She wasn't like saying, oh, this is a sad thing. She just said, you need a second opinion, but a proper one. Like, you need to go to hospital. So, and on the screen, there was like three circles and a big circle. So obviously right. I'd never seen anything before. So I was like, it looks like, you know, the canals of your heart or something when they show you that yeah. scan. So I was like, oh, wow, all these circles, that's cool. So then we booked an appointment for the hospital. So did she say triplets to you or anything, like, no. at that point? No. She okay. didn't even say anything, like, oh, she said there could be three things right. here. Yeah, so that was it. And You're also right. things. Yeah. You've got three puppies in there. You've well got done. three <laughs> little dogs. <laughs> yeah she did say i can see three sacks that's what she said sacks i was like all right sacks what are sacks so she said there could be triplets so ollie lost his mind he went whoa what he went pale he didn't speak i was like oh wow triplets jeez and i remember leaving that room being like whoa that's a lot and he was like we have to change the car i can't I don't want to drive a minibus. So he was more in the minds of car, like... Practicalities, yeah. Yeah, like, he's thinking, we can't really afford three. And I'm like, whoa, three. Okay, that's cute. So then we get to this hospital the next day and the woman literally is, like, the same, like, scan, gel, moving this around. I don't think she put anything in. I don't know how she measured it, but she literally was on her computer for good half an hour like really long and we're all silent and we've all got masks on. Couldn't see anyone's expression as well. So we were like, yeah. and she turns to me like, and was like, I've actually counted four. Ollie, he literally lost his mind in silence. And I was like, 
four, four. And then I was swearing. I was like, I can't hold fucking four. I was like, I'm too small. Like, I, I didn't shut up. And this woman was like, mm-hmm. And Ollie was like, in a trance. <laughs> so then we left with, I think, a picture of, like, four circles and, like, I think a little dot in a bit. It was just really complicated, really hard to understand. And we literally walked out of that place like, wow. I don't know if we were to be happy or sad. Like, we didn't know yeah. how to be. Well, because I imagine you don't know anyone that's got quads. And that's the thing. Like, I had nobody to connect with, talk to, to say, so how do you deal with this? So then we had to, like, Google everything by this point, I'm so huge. Like, you could see my boobs from the back. Like, my belly was massive already. Like, and I thought, I will just be a vessel of, you'll have to put me on a cart, carry me around. Like, there's no way. I'm five foot two and like pindly little toothpick legs. Like, I'm just, so there was all these thoughts going through our heads of like, whoa. And obviously Ollie's like, a minibus, I just can't. <laughs> do a minibus did you tell your mum yes and my mum my mum was like yeah right for right I will take them all swimming I've knit them cardies I'll start now she was well in to four she's excited also though I wonder if for your mum because your nan was such a massive role in your life because your mum mm. you know single mumming and take all of those roles there's something about grandchildren that makes you go well I'm gonna take on this role now well and yeah I mean, she did at that point. Now I'm like, Julie, remember your training. But like, <laughs> she, as well, because she was one of four. So I think she saw it as like, wow, all at once, four. Yeah. I think she did initially think, right, I'm going to, but I was thinking, I'm going to have to give them away at Christmas. Like, they're going to have to meet when they're 20, <laughs> like have this reunion. I'm like, who loves babies the most? They can have one. Like, <laughs> it was a bit of a jokey thing as well because yeah. we were, absolutely in shock about like overachiever like everything and because there was four and your body was changing rapidly Rapid. because of that yeah, yeah did you have to tell people like work like <gasps> being on set and yeah. all of that stuff yeah you're so right because it was changing so fast like you said there's a time limit in your life where you tell people just what people do which i think we should change that i had to pull people into like a changing room i remember pulling the head of costume in and just going, right, so I've got a, a little situation. So I'm pregnant. And she was like, oh, yeah. And I went, hold on. No, 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 no. So, but um, there's a thing now, like it's quite early on. She was like, oh my God, Georgia, this is amazing. I'm so happy for you. I went, no, no, no. So it's still, it's not one, it's not two and it's not three. And I kind of relished a bit in the way of like telling people because I was like, <laughs> it, I needed the build up, like working yeah. in telly, you know, you need the build up. And I was like, it's four and they were like oh and they, they, they didn't they all went oh my god wow they were like in shock and then a bit like worried and then I think they went through all these emotions of what are you gonna do and I was like I know it's four and they were like <laughs> then they laugh hysterically because we were like nervous about it and they're like and you told you more people four and I'd be like no. <laughs> telling people one by one it was you know like it was a big moment to tell people and they kind of didn't believe me but then believed me and I have to show them the picture and they're like wow 
so it was yeah it was like a like a month of being like what on earth like what <laughs> yeah it's obviously a very personal thing so some people just feel like they have to keep it secret for a while yeah but it, it is a strange thing that we have the society thing where we keep it quiet until we're 12 weeks and we don't tell anyone, you yeah. know, just in case. Yeah. But if the just in case, you know, if that happens, then actually you need people oh. to understand where yeah. you're at. Well, in the beginning, it's hard because all of a sudden you're tired, you're hungry, you're narky, you're like, and I need to not tell anyone why I'm tired. And you need to be professional off. and go and do your job. Uh, yeah, I need to go and puke in the toilet secretly, come back and be like, OK, we're ready, how are you? Like, I'll take your appointment or whatever. So you have to hide all this. And I think if you'd have just said, guys, I'm early stages of pregnant, like, can you just give me a break? And they'd be like, yeah, do you know what? I'll give you a minute. And then obviously, you know, you've got the risk of losing the baby and that's when you need people the most like the time when you're like I've been hopeful all this time and now I've got no one to tell that I've lost the baby or be excited yeah. with and then be sad with because you do you want people around you to go do you know what I had a miscarriage as well and you don't nobody tells anyone until you've told them yeah because everybody absolutely. sort of keeps it yeah to themselves and so I've known people for years at work and they've gone, I've, and I'm like, oh my God, wow. Like, you've never yeah. said because you can't connect with someone because they've not. And also, so... I think sometimes if someone's not in that place in life, so it's such a far away idea. Yeah, yeah, know, that yeah. Maybe, you know. Yeah, there's no way to know what to say to someone if you've not been there, I suppose. And yeah. No. So after that initial scan, did you then go for more frequent scans? Because obviously, at that point, it's a higher risk yeah. pregnancy. Yeah, we had to sort of go weekly then to scans because I think, as well, I think the nurses were quite, not tiptoey, but they obviously thought, well, this is high risk in ways of, they could just be like, they'll be on one placenta or like, the, you know, it's damaging for me. It's like, I'm at risk sort of thing as well. There's all these complications and all these scary moments of what could happen just to keep an eye on us. And we sort of, I don't remember them talking much about quads because they'd never come across this and yeah. they'd come across triplets but I don't think quads was in there mm -hmm. don't think they had much to say to us about it but we'd obviously google stuff and that's when you just hear the most extreme things don't you and you're like god and I remember just Ollie being worried all the time and just thinking like am I going to be okay um and then obviously so then they're keeping track on us because I think then it's just more you can lose one, you can lose two. Then yeah. they sort of started saying the options of you can terminate one, you can terminate two, you can terminate. Gosh. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I am not going to take one away from, you yeah. know, a pack. <laughs> yeah. As it were, like, the football team will be together. Like, they, you know, I thought what if two were a twin and another two were and you've taken one? Mm. Like, I just, all my maths then was just coming out of, like, no, I just can't yeah decide that kind of thing and so they did keep an eye on it and it was like a good like I can't remember how far we were I feel like it was a good three or four months yeah but I was really I mean the heartbeats and everything would have been like a drum band in there I think they were sort of developing but they're not developing so then right it was becoming to the point where later on in the scans they were like they've not gone any further like and this is the miscarriage sort of thing you're still pregnant and they're still in there and they're still fetuses yeah but 
they're not developing any further. So yeah. they had to keep an eye on how that was going. And so the course of like the three and a half months that we got to, they said now they've not developed any further. So we're going to have to get rid of them basically and take them out. Was that a shock when they first even brought up the subject of things not progressing? Yeah, because then obviously then it was like, oh, not even one is, you know, surviving. So it was upsetting. I was a bit more sort of hard faced. For Ollie, it was harder. Like he, I remember we did a little video and it was just, he broke down and I thought, oh God, he's taking it harder because he doesn't like giving up and that's in yeah. his nature. And so, you know, there was a chance of four, he thought, like possibly one out of the four. Whereas me personally, I was like, it's all or nothing. They're there together and they'll be together sort of thing. And in a way we had to try and not think of them as sort of babies yet. We had to just think they didn't quite get that far. So yeah, in yeah. order to sort of, yeah. And then when they said, they're not progressing anymore. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, we've got to... Well, they gave us four options, basically. They said, well, we've never done this before, so the risks are really high. We could wait for them to just release on their own. But I was like, I can't be, like, on set in Theresa McQueen tiny hot pants and just, you know, a floodgate open. Like, we don't know how much would come out. Yeah. You know, if you've had a miscarriage, you see how much blood there is. It's a lot. And... For four, I was like, I can't take that option and I can't keep being pregnant when they're not there because my hormones were insane. And it was just, you know, you just want to think, let's get them out. So, yeah. And those also, you know, take them out while you're awake and they're like, but this is a very high risk. We've never done this before. We could ruin the womb sort of thing. So I was like, I want to go under surgery. I want to be, you know, unconscious. I just want to not be traumatised by this moment and I don't want to know what happens. And so, but then they had to talk to us about how really dangerous it is. Like, you don't know how much blood I'm going to lose. And this was, like, sort of really sad for Ollie as well because he was like, oh my God, this is really scary. Like, yeah. they were like, there's a chance you might not survive. And I was like, jeez, God, okay. So we kind of, on this day, was, like, extra sad because nobody knew what was going to happen and how it was going to be. And it must have been so scary. Yeah, it was really scary. And also, we wanted my womb intact as well, because obviously we still want to try for babies. So they were like, there's a chance that the womb might be, you know, scraped or something, so not mm. damaged. And so it was pretty massive daunting day, really, this day. But I felt like confident. We just had to do it, just got to be strong. And yeah. we just went in for the surgery, really, yeah. What was it like coming around afterwards? Coming around afterwards, Ollie like literally stayed there the whole time. So he was there when I came around and I was like drowsy and stuff, fell asleep. But I was like, I'm alive, yes. I remember waving to everyone in the hotel. I think I was so, <laughs> like, you're super high, aren't you? Just like, whoa, been through, hi. And I was like cheering, like, hey, thanks everyone. <laughs> Thank you for being there. Then I had to go straight to the toilet and I remember grabbing Ollie and go, come to the toilet with me. And he was like, I don't do well with blood. And he, like, I made him come to the toilet with me and everything. And I just thought, right, look at this. And he was like, oh, my God, there's a lot of blood. And I was like, whoa, what's this? And I thought, we're in this together. Like, we see everything together. 
and he just looked after me the whole time but he was just like happy I was there I think and yeah coming round I was a bit like yeah it was pretty sad but what was really got me and I think the whole time I blocked things out but this moment was they do a little care package the hospital which bless them it was just lovely they do a little box and they give you a teddy because they say what do you want to do with the remains and stuff and I was yeah. like it's fine you know if you want to bury that's fine but they give you a teddy for your bit and there was four teddies and each little teddy was like, you know, its little ear was bigger on one side or one mm. little leg was like sewn like that. And I thought, oh, they'd have been individual little babies. Yeah. And at that moment, I was like, oh, God, yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah. And that's where I was like, oh, that's, yeah. And I think then after that, you know, that was when your hormones really kick in and you literally are like, wow, what is like... And me and Ollie then afterwards, our relationship was tested massively. I'd say in that month after was just extremes, I think, of emotions and stuff. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Would you say that whilst you were going through it in terms of the scans and not knowing what was going on, maybe you were a bit more pragmatic and then afterwards you allowed yourself to emotionally, well, you had no choice but to emotionally yeah. let all that in? Yeah, because I think as well, you know, as a woman, you have a period every month. You think, oh, that was a period that could have been like a miscarriage yeah. or a baby. You just think, mm. I had to sort of think of it like that. Like, okay, well, then it would have been a period. And so that yeah. there we go. Whereas I think the hormones after, I mean, I don't know scientifically, maybe my body still was like, oh, you should still be pregnant. Mm. You know, you've removed it yourself. So your body hasn't removed it. Maybe that's why, but... 
I remember just like we were arguing and stuff and I was just like, you have to tell me what you're feeling and thinking because he'd like keep it in a bit at times and then he'd like let loose and tell me everything and I was like, oh, okay. And so we really lucky with each other that we opened up so much, maybe in an argumentative way, but then we came around afterwards and was like, just so caring, so loving, so understanding and so like, oh, it's not just me, the mum that's been through this. Yeah. Like, Ollie as the dad has suffered loss and also he's not been able to do anything physically, emotionally, like he didn't have, you know... It's a very things. helpless position to be in. Yeah, and so he felt like he couldn't say anything at the time, but now I was like, you have to because you are part of it. It is partnership, it is team thoughts, so, yeah. Because of your uterus, did you have to wait a while before starting to think about trying again? Yeah, I think they did say, like, wait for a period, So which isn't yeah. long, really, is it? I think... They wait for a period and then sort of you can try again. But what was crazy was we did fall pregnant again. And this was before Forest, so we fell and I was skiing in Switzerland. I've always told Ollie how great I was at skiing and I just was really bad. I thought, <laughs> there must be a reason. And it was because I was pregnant and I was like, yes, see. <laughs> I was really good at this. <laughs> I am a professional skier. I'll have you know, you'll be so impressed. <laughs> you'll want to ski behind me. <laughs> but I was so bad. And then that was a miscarriage. But to be honest, it didn't feel as extreme as the fall. And it was just like, right, we've got this. We know what happens. We're fine. We'll just keep trying. And I think having that was like, right, miscarriages happen. The amount of people that messaged me in DMs and was like, I've never spoke about it. I've only just, from your story, this and this. And I'm like, yeah. Because what was that like from going from being, feeling isolated within that and mm. then sharing it? Because you did an amazing interview with Fabulous Magazine where you spoke about your pregnancy. And I remember you posted on Instagram and said, I'm going away for a few days. I'm not going to be yeah. looking at my phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there must have just been a massive influx of messages and personal stories. Yeah, which, you know, actually, that really surprised me and I actually didn't expect anyone to tell me theirs because people do keep it in, don't they, yeah. and they just don't want it. I was like, wow, OK, this has, you know, relieved me even more to think, God, yeah, so many people have been through this. And like I said before, if you don't share your story, why would anybody want to share theirs with you? So I, I literally connected with so many more people and so many more women and men about that and so I'm so glad I did because we were a bit worried about it because you know we didn't want it to be like oh I'm doing it in a magazine to be like back in the bit do you know it was a very hard decision and Ollie was a bit yeah. you know worried about it because he was like but this is like this is us and I was like yeah but I've got a platform where I can I actually remember he said to me, tell me reasons why we should do this interview. Like, tell me. Because he's a man in not in the public eye. And yeah. he was a bit worried about what it would come across and how it would other women would think or whatever. And I remember I, I was naked because I knew that that would fight my corner and do me really well. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I gave him, you know, really good reasons why we should do this interview. And he was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> I get it now. I understand you're passionate about telling people your life and your truth. And I was like, yeah, it's important. Yeah. And then afterwards he was like, I'm glad we did. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad we did. It's, it's really helped a lot of people, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, when you fell pregnant with Forrest, mm. did you dare to dream? Did you dare to get excited about it? Yeah, this was a tough one, actually. 
and because as well it happened again and I was a bit like uh, this time I went right we're not allowed to get excited you know I told friends and family around I was like that's another thing is when you tell your friends and family again and they go do we like they don't want to get excited for you they yeah. think they're a bit on pins and so you're sort of putting your pressures on them a bit so I was a bit like okay we can't really tell everyone again and I really made sure we got far into it like I told my closest friends because I thought I need the support again I just want to tell you and we really had to get to milestones this time before I let us get excited mm. or before we did anything and I think even my mum and Ollie's mum were a bit like can we get excited like you've got a bump now like you are like you're showing and I was still a bit like okay I think maybe now we can and I remember Ollie going, let's go to the like Trafford Centre and get like a baby girl. And I was like, <gasps> and I felt like a bit of a fraud. I was like, oh, I don't know. But like, I had a big bump and I was waddling. And, <laughs> it, you know, it's time to, to do these things. And uh, we got the, ba like, the baby girl and a blanket. And I was like, oh my God, okay. I think we can get excited. And then I started thinking, right, now we can relax a bit. I mean, you're still very stressed, aren't you? Like, you know, mm. he's still a bit, uh, so, but bit by bit, I was like, okay, we can be happy by this. I think it was probably quite sad for me being the controlling one, being like, okay, we can laugh. We can laugh now. We can be happy. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much going on. And I think when your first pregnancy or any pregnancy after a miscarriage, it takes the innocence away. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it yeah. means that you're no longer going into it in a naive way, not yeah. thinking that those things happen. You yeah. have experience of that happening. You have that experience of the wipe and the blood and yeah. all the cramps. Like, so every little twinge, you're so much more in tune with. Yeah, you're right. And, like, you know, there was a point when, like, the baby wasn't moving one day and I literally phoned the hospital and we went there or I bumped into something and I was like, right, we have to go to hospital. And you do have a higher extreme panic and, you know, you get there and they go, it's fine, it's okay. And you go, yeah, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. I don't want to be that person that goes, oh, it's a bit much like you've been. I'm like, no, I will go there. Yeah. I want to see the baby move, heartbeat, everything. Yeah. And then that's when we bought so many scans. Like, we've got so many pictures of him in literally <laughs> every position. <laughs> and was that you sort of checking in and just kind of making sure he's fine, he's fine, he's yeah. fine? Yeah, absolutely. And even at work, I was a bit like... I'm not going over these hours. Like, I will not. Really? Yeah, I was I'm probably a bit annoying, really, but I was just like, I don't care. This is, you know, this is... But that's because, as an actor, you're told to just say yes at the time. Yeah. You know, and just kind of go along with it. So, actually, yeah. you probably should never have been going over your hours and no. should, should be standing up for yourself. And you know. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we were doing the explosion in the Hollywood... Um, Hollywood. Hollyoaks Village. <laughs> that was my dream. Um, <laughs> Hollyoaks Village, and it was fire and things like that and I had to scream at Teresa and Goldie were screaming and I was like is my baby gonna think like you know this is a stressful moment like there's flames and they were like look if you don't want to do it it's fine and I was like no it's okay I'll, I'll go to where I can go to limit but then I will be like no I'm leaving like I'm going I'm yeah. doing it and they were great about it and we you know we got the shots we got the things and things like that so I thought I can't be too too precious yeah. Because, you know, other people have been through this, you know, other people are like, so people are like, are you just pregnant? I'm like, yeah, no, but, <laughs> like, you know, I'm a one in a million person who had quads and I'm just like, I need to, I'm dramatic. 
<laughs> did you give any thought to birth? How, did you have a birthing plan? You know, <laughs> the face of it all, Georgie. Well, so I was like, I just want the easiest way. Like, God bless you women who give birth naturally. I was like, hell no. He as well, whenever we'd go to the scans, like the woman was like, oh, his head is measuring big. And I was like, have you seen the size of my man's head? That's the big head. And his shoulders were wide. And I was like, is this kid's got wide shoulders? What even does that mean? And I was like, my hips are not even like that big. So I instinctively, straight away, I was like, I need an elective C-section. Like, I can't even bear. And actually, I think even as a kid, I've always been like, sunroof option sounds like a great, fun moment. Like, like I think I'd always be like, oh, yeah, too posh to push. I mean, not posh, but, you know, I always thought, oh, that's quite cool. So I was lucky enough as well. We've got um, a midwife who is a, one of Ollie's friends. That's how yeah. we knew her so she was like I will midwife you and I was like yes I will talk to you we'll go for lunches we will literally I'll talk so much about this and I was like I want a c-section done out she's like are you sure I was she's like war birth I was like absolutely no no just no mm. and obviously it was you know you have to say and I was like no my mental health and my anxiety cannot you know be at that moment where what if something happens or... And also, you'd gone through so much oh, to get to that much. point. Was yeah. part of it also eliminating risk and just kind of going, I know, yeah, and, and taking some control because so much of it had been taken out of your hands. So kind of going, yeah. this is something that I can control yeah, and that makes me feel like I'm in a safer place. I definitely think that is the case. I have not been able to... Control any emotions, feelings, anything like that. Keep a baby in. You know, it was just too much to think, I'm going to learn to breathe again in a way that will help. You know what I mean? I'm like yeah. reading these books, Mindful Pregnancy, and I was just like, I, can't, I just can't. These things are not even in my mind. I just thought, I'm trusting doctors. I trust with what happened with the miscarriage. I trust these doctors must know what they're doing. And to be honest, it was the best option for me. Yeah. That's the important thing because so often yeah. we get buried in the views of other people and what they would do or yeah. what they think. But actually, it's about what works for you and what's helpful to you, yeah. not about anyone else. No. And, you know, I had so much trust in Sandy, our midwife, and she knows me as well, like what I wanted. And, you know, there's loads of books where you like, you have candles and meditation music and fairy lights and, you know, and a breeze and a man rubs you back. And we literally arrived on the day, like a nail appointment. And Ollie was in full scrubs, like George Clooney. Like I couldn't take my eyes off him. I was literally like, you are so fit. And his little hairnet. And we were there for hours because, you know, people were getting put in front of us, which I was like, I know, fair enough, if there's an emergency, like, yeah, that's great. Like, And I was in my little socks pulled up and my open bare bum, you know, <laughs> little cape walking around. And we walked there and Ollie's like a bit squeamish and I'm like, this is going to be fine, like, we're going to be fine. And there was Christmas music on. There was, like, 14 doctors. I was like, we're in a safe place. Like, this is cool. There was, like, floodlights shining down on my fanny. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, what does it look like down there? Is it okay? 
I've not been there working for it. (laughs) I've not shaved for months. What about it? Can you find the hole? (laughs) Put a catheter in. I was like, oh, to be honest, the catheter was the worst thought for me. It was like, oh my God, a catheter in there. Yeah. And, you know, the doctor was brilliant. He was like all fun. And they were like, are we ready? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, didn't mean you, George. I meant the doctors doing the procedure. I was like, okay, I'm too keen. (laughs) And Ollie was like at my head and he was like, should we do small talk? I was like, are you joking? What? What? What is small talk? Yeah, he went, he literally said that. And I was like, there's a baby. No. He went, okay. And he was like, he kept talking and like didn't shut up. And I was just like, just shut. I think it was nerves. Absolutely. I remember I had to prick his finger once for like an allergy test and it literally took four hours and he was like, oh, I'm not ready, I can't do it, the blood, the blood. And I was like, oh my God. So he, he is not a blood man. Like he was like, oh, he goes pale and almost faints. And then he, <laughs> he was he was more tense and more stressed. And I had um, fake tanned as well before of... <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, I like, you know, the thing, the wire that goes in your hand just kept slipping off and the woman was like, e- you're too slippery. And I was like, oh, it's my moisturiser and I don't know why I did all this prep. Like, I should have just... Because you're meeting your baby and you wanted to be your best. I don't want him to judge me. Like, he's going to have high standards. <laughs> I'd be like, ooh, I want your nails done. <laughs> What is this? What have I been born into? No, thanks. See ya. (laughs) But yeah, and then literally I remember them just like pushing on my chest a bit and it all felt like 10 minutes. Like I was like, this is wonderful 10 minutes of my life where they were like, we've got him. And I was like, and they were like, baby Forrest is here. And he popped over the little curtain and his fingers were so long like mine, like dripping with blood and... I remember looking at his hair and it was all blonde and I went, wow, he's blonde. That was my first thoughts. Like, okay, that's crazy. Like, how exciting. And Ollie was like, oh my God. And then he had to go and cut the cord and he was like, it took ages and the scissors weren't working and there was blood everywhere and I couldn't handle. And then he said he walked past and he had a look inside, inside of me and he went, why'd I do that? That was the worst idea. He was like, Jesus, I didn't expect that. And he was doing all sorts of wrong things in his mind. And I was just like, wow. Like, you know, you, you try and squish them in that little space. Yeah. You've got the curtain in your neck and you're like, oh, I love him. But it's just like, it's just no. Yeah, what was that like having Forrest like with you, on you? I mean, the last two weeks of pregnancy or last month was just hell on earth. I was like, get him out. I need him in my arms. Like, I want him so much. So the relief of him just out there and holding him, I was just like, wow, yes, finally, like, you made it, like, you're here. And I was just like, I remember my cheeks were hurting because I couldn't stop smiling. I couldn't stop laughing. Like, I was laughing. I was like, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I was like, look at his little woolly hat. Like, why is he wearing a hat? <laughs> was what he wearing that, that inside? Was that in there? What is he doing? Did I eat wool? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> How was your recovery? I remember instantly being back in the hotel, um, hotel, in the You've um, referred hospital. to a hotel before. Did <laughs> well, I? Did I'll I go with hotel? it. <laughs> I'm like, 
if Georgie wants to think that she's been spending time in a hotel where she's been in a hospital, I'll just go with it. I'm not going to correct so, her. So many drugs what in me. What kind of hotel is this? Imagine, they have a Imagine spa. a hotel. <laughs> like room service. What's going on in there? They're hysterically laughing. There's baby. There's blood everywhere. Um, that was, I don't know if I said a hotel. So the hospital. I remember like being wheeled in. Baby was there. I never held a baby as well before this. Like I don't hold babies. Like I was not. But there's also a difference between baby and newborn baby because oh. newborn babies are like something else. It's like a, a little mechanical toy. The way they move is like, and you're like, oh my gosh, unnatural, isn't it? It's just weird to go like this. And then you need to just love it, skin on skin. Yeah, boob, get the boob in. And I remember we had like visitors, like we had Ollie's son. And also, not forgetting the England match, the first game was on and that was on. I mean, obviously we can't forget that. I mean, Ollie wanted to bring his gym kit. Is he messing? He was like, I'll go to the gym halfway through. I went, that's outrageous. (laughs) Like what? I had to have chats about that. (laughs) <laughs> so I thought, okay, football map, yeah, you can put that on, but Jim. So I remember lots of visitors, like Ollie's mum, my mum, my mum's man. And I just remember think like, you know, pretending to be okay and being like, hi everyone, how are you? Like thinking, I was like, oh my God. When reality, I was going, hello, throwing up in the bin. I tried to move my legs. I tried to get up instantly and walk and um, like, Sandy midwife came and went, your legs are numb, you cannot move. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm fine, whoa, falling over. I feel like I'm like a bit of a strong cookie and I feel like it doesn't affect me, but I was so out of it. My catheter wasn't filling up and stuff and they were like, if you don't fill that up, you cannot go home. So I remember every 10 minutes being like on the toilet going, we must we, we must we. And like, really? yeah, and having to like get into the zone of weeing because I thought there's no way we are not going home. Like, I want to go home. Yeah, we just, I snuck Ollie in. I was like, he's staying over. Like, he's in the room with us. Don't care. Yeah. I was like, we're up all night. This is not a sleepover. We are staying up all night. And he was like, okay. And so we did. Because obviously, you know, the baby's just constantly crying and nobody tells you this. And you're like... And if you've had a C-section and you can't really move, that's really difficult. Like, my sister... I remember her being like, she had to phone the like bell for the midwife so often because, you know, the baby would be crying, she'd be able to yeah. go to the baby. and Yeah, you are out of it, your legs are numb, you cannot do anything. This area down here as well, I think I'd managed to cross my legs and the doctor was like, wow, you've crossed your legs. And I was like, oh, have I? I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I also remember as well, I got a cough and a cold. Like I had sneezing and coughing and holy hell, that is the worst thing in the world really? to sneeze and cough with stitches on your stomach. So I think that was my worst. I think picking him up and moving around, it was okay. It was like I'd been to the gym for an hour and gone hardcore on my stomach. I felt like right. that's what I just put in my mind. I was like, just like you've done a workout, you're fine. But sneezing and coughing was like... Because you can't control that. Oh, no, and you have to have a pillow and you have to do... And apparently you have an anchor stitch in the corner that's, like, the first one that's the tightest, and I thought I'd ripped it open. And I was just imagining, like, my spleen coming out. And so, like, I'd phone the doctors and was like, what's going on? They were like, oh, no, it's just a really tight stitch. You'll be okay, but just be careful. And I was like... (sighs) (sighs) And what was it like leaving the hospital? So we'd left the next day and it's weird, isn't it? Because then you're like, right, we've got this baby. 
And then we'd, like, put him in the car seat. And I remember me and Ollie, we argued our first time about the car seat because we couldn't work it out. And we'd, like, wave <laughs> goodbye to everyone. We're carrying this car seat. We put it in and I was like, right, let me just... And he was like, no, let me do it. And I was like, well, do... I just think you need to... And then I feel like in our minds we thought, is this the beginning of the rest of our lives? Like, trying to outdo each other. And then we both got in the front of the car and was like, Rah. a bit like, well, the car seat's fine, I think. Well, yeah, it looks fine. And he's like, well, he's asleep. And then we were like... Like twenty four seven, like we we have a baby now, and that's yeah. that's insane, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Going home with a life, like whoa. And getting home, did it feel really surreal to suddenly you've got this little baby in the mix? Yeah. So then you put him in little outfits, don't you, and stuff, or that you've washed before. So you've got like everything prepped, aren't you? You've got. The nursery prep, the cot prep, which they don't go in for what a year. You don't even yeah. like. I, he's not even touched it. There's like little scratch mittens that you're trying to get on, and you're like, "Oh, why don't you put these on?" And you you want to do everything, but they just want to sleep, and you're like, you "Just look at them for a while, don't you?" And you're yeah. like, "Right, what do we do?" And then you you kind of go, "Oh, we're sleeping, right? We'll sleep." And then, boob. All oh, right, it was boob. And then the first night as well, I think you know we've got one of those cots that goes. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. And it it was like the waltzes, and I was like, Jesus, he's going to fly out. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) There's all these things you you got to think of. And then then they just cry, and you're like, we can't sleep with him in the bed. No, you can't. No, so we'll have to just do this. And then you're just constantly on edge. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, you're just a bit like, oh, he doesn't like that. He wants that. He does this, da-da-da, and uh, so. Were you constantly on Google, or are you just trying to figure out? Constantly on Google, constantly asking everyone, constantly yeah. trying everything, just putting them on the boob every given moment. Well, think... How was the feeding? Did that all fall into place quite easily? Or Yeah, well, apparently I had the perfect nipples for breastfeeding. Which Whoa, well done you! Some, some of the nurses got quite excited about that. And, Put that you know, on your Instagram bio. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, a bit of a, I was a bit of a celeb around the hospital because of that reason. She's got perfect nipples. <laughs> there is that thing when you're first feeding in hospital, it feels like everyone sees everything. Everyone, yeah. You're, I remember one midwife going to me, so if you could just, you know, um, hand express the colostrum into this little syringe so we can make sure that we get it and get some, you know. And I was like, okay, so how do I do that? Can you do that? <laughs> I've never met you before. Please do this. Because it's a little test helpless. tube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, I've had these. I've had these boobs for so long. Who knew what else they could do? Like, what? I know. What is this new thing? <laughs> it's when it's shooting across the room. I find that just the most oh, incredible thing ever. Insane. He was drowning at one point. He was like, like this, splashing around. I was like, I'm sorry. There's no plug. How do I stop this? <laughs> I love that. How have things been over the last seven months? Do you feel like you're now in a nice groove? You see now, on the day after, what you saw before, if you know what I mean. So you think, oh, today's hard. This is a bit of a struggle. He's crying in the car and I have to pull over four times. And you go, oh, that was hard. But then the next day, you have to pull over 17 times and then you completely (laughs) cancel your day. So there's, like, things like that that you learn, that you think that was bad, but actually, no, he's, like, he's just pulled out a winner here and, like, he's got a bit crazier. And you think, oh, right, yeah, it can get a little bit harder. Every moment, I think I learned to just have more patience, just relax a bit more. You're like the times of the screaming and you think, Mm. he's going to be okay in a minute, like he can't scream forever. It's just going to be something I'm not done yet. 
yeah. then when you do that one thing that you've done, you go, oh, there it is. That was what it was. And then it all comes together and you just like, now he smiles and laughs his head off at his dad, by the way, which I'm fuming about. Like, I literally said, like, I've been to comedy classes. Like, you all know this. Which, like, you've, you're an actress. Like, you're the funny one. How is he laughing at him? He's not even funny one bit. Like, <laughs> you'll get your laughs, don't you worry. And then you'll yeah. have, you know... He'll be your biggest fan, I'm sure. He goes out the room and I try the thing that Ollie tried. I'm like, what did you do? Like, will you laugh with me? <laughs> <laughs> if you could write a letter on motherhood, who would it be to and what would you say? I would write to my grandma. And because probably I didn't really appreciate her as much as a mother when I was a kid, you know, obviously yeah. just running off. I think I'd be like, dear grandma, how on earth did you cope with also how she didn't have scans back then how did she cope with you know the thought of being pregnant she also had twins my mum was a twin she didn't know she had twins until they came out as twins gosh how did she go through you know the pregnancy stage like how did she cope with having two kids and being pregnant I kind of wish I could ask for advice now really would be great and and obviously then you know like coping through life like she had two little twins and two older kids and just what she did and, you know, how that went. Yeah. Um, I finished the podcast with you answering or completing three sentences. The first one is being a mum means. <laughs> being a mum means that I've not had to set my alarm at all for morning time. I mean, I was I'm not a nice morning person. So, like, I'd wake up, like, vicious. I wouldn't know who I am. Like, I don't know me. I'm like, oh, hi, it's not me. <laughs> and he would wake up so happy and smiley where I'd have to literally, my eyes like this, smiling, going, hello, at, like, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., all the a.m.s. So that's, yeah, probably on Yeah. The next sentence is, since having a child, I... I'm actually glad to say I'm not changed that much as a person, which I was a bit worried about because I think you still want to be your personality, don't you? And, you know, you still want to connect as yourself and, you know, remember as you. I've definitely got more patience and I've become a bit more like it's not about me as much anymore. But I'm glad I can still, you know, go and see friends, go and do stuff. At first, it's very hard to do that. It is very, like, tricky and scary. And the first day out with your baby and you is so scary, isn't it? Like, nobody can tell you until you do it. But now I can be like, right, I've got myself back. Mm -hmm. Because I think you want to still show your babies, your children, your personality. And so you. So I feel like that's still a good thing. And then finally, I'm happy when. I'm actually happy when. Ollie and Forrest are laughing their heads off together. It's the cutest thing. I mean, dads do these crazy things where they just wrestle with babies and throw them in the air, don't they? And you're like, (laughs) he's not made of rubber. What are you doing? (laughs) But when Forrest is enjoying it so much and he's laughing his head off, it is just like, oh, I love seeing that. Because I didn't grow up with a dad in my life. I'm just so happy that Forrest has got that and he's, that's happening. And it's on film. <laughs> I love that. Thank you yeah. so much, Georgie. Oh, it's been you. so it's good great. chatting to thank you. Thank you. 
we have something very exciting to talk about today. Happy mum, happy baby. Well, we are expanding. We're only releasing our very first record. Yes, move over McFly, move over Tom Fletcher. It's all about happy mum, happy baby. We're going into music, people. We have teamed up with Decca Records and LifeScore to build a one-stop shop for quality, trustworthy, educational music for baby, toddler and parent. Music is such a massive part of our family and I'm so thrilled with what we've created. I can't wait for you to hear it. Now, it's worth saying that all the sounds in the album, they are played by real instruments and they feature real nature sounds. There is nothing processed, it is all organic. And all of the music aims to be enjoyable listening experience for both the child and the parent. No plonky plonky piano, it's all just beautiful musicians with their instruments. Honestly, it's a joy to listen to. We all know the number one rule for getting your little one to sleep is to stick to a trusted routine. And my hope with this album is that our creation can be a part of that and make bedtime an easier transition for all. The Ultimate Baby Sleep album is here and it encompasses three parts of baby sleep. And it runs in three sections. Wind down, going to sleep and staying asleep, running seamlessly from top to bottom for the ultimate baby sleep experience. And each section lasts around 30 minutes. So let's delve into each section and tell you what they're about. The wind down is a perfect calming music for bath time and any other pre-bed activity. This encourages special bonding time between parent and baby to prepare for sleep. The melodies I've chosen to feature within the music have a very special place within my own experience of sleep routine. I loved singing little ditties or little lullabies and, and this, it's just got that lovely, gentle, melodic feeling to it. The melodies can be easily hummed by parents to capture the bonding power of a parent's voice. And actually, as you listen to the music, you might even catch a few melodies of some traditional classics that were just... Ah, oh, they just fill my heart with such love. The next section we have is called Going to Sleep. How we created this was so interesting and I absolutely loved the recording process to kind of really feel that breath actually of the musicians as they were playing. It also features natural sounds and it entwines the lullabies from the previous wind down to encourage baby to nod off at their own pace and in a relaxed state of mind. Those two sections, they kind of work together and they build We've found that this is the ideal transition for baby to acknowledge that it is now time to go to sleep. And then the next section, the final section, is during sleep or staying asleep. I like to call it staying asleep because that's the dream, people. But it provides 30 minutes of natural and environmental white noise derived from nature sounds. And then actually this leads into an additional nine and a half hours of natural white noise for babies to prefer continuous white noise once asleep. No waking up in the middle of the night to press a little button on a sheep. Not anymore. There's been so much thought and love poured into these tracks. We've gone through so many different versions. I've pulled on the music that I love, that makes me feel nice and calm. And together with LifeScore and Decca Records, we've really created something that I feel is really magical. I've played it to my kids. They love it. I'm so thrilled. <laughs> Could you imagine they didn't? And actually, I have to say that even as an adult, sitting at my desk and listening to different versions, I have often fallen asleep in the best way, in a very contented way. Some might call it work, some might call it a nice little nap. 
Either way, I loved it and it was all because of this album. With 12 hours of continuous music to help your baby sleep through the night, we are so proud to introduce you to Happy Mum, Happy Baby, The Sleep Album. I can't wait for you to hear it and then for you to tell me how you're getting on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.